Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in K-State, hosted by Joe, Matthew, and Reggie Blackwell. Today, Reggie and I talk about the big 41-3 victory against TCU, and we look forward to the Houston game this Saturday and discuss what the Wildcats need to do to keep the momentum going. Hey, we'd appreciate it if you all like the podcast. Go ahead and share it with your K-State friends. You can like, share, and comment on your favorite podcasting app for this episode. And we'd really appreciate you doing that. Thanks. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with the desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to the bet online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All righty. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Man, I'm great. You know, a great, great, great Kansas State victory last week over TCU. Resounding victory. Yeah. Big victory, clicking on all cylinders. Defense played great. Offense was clicking. Both quarterbacks. What can you say? I could say that I like the two quarterback system when it works that well. Yeah, when it works that <laughs> seamlessly, it's it's it seems like it's made in heaven. Right. Right. <laughs> There's nothing to complain about with that. Yet two of the or yet two of the top six. Quarterbacks in the country on quarterback rating for the week. That's amazing. So that was huge. Yeah. So a 41 to 3 resounding victory. Me and you both are very comfortable going into the game with Kansas State beating TCU. But yeah. I don't think either of us saw a 38 point victory over no. TCU, 41 to 3, especially after the quarterback had threw for so many yards the week before. But I tell you, it's a little bit about Kansas State and it's a little bit about TCU. TCU lost a lot. I think that's showing um, from the championship team last year uh, to the team that made it to the, you know, CFP and won a playoff game. You can see they're missing a lot of pieces. But also, let's not take any uh, discredit from Kansas State. That is the most efficient offensively I saw collectively coming out of the gate of a Kansas State team in a long time. Yeah, and that running game just pounded and pounded and pounded, and TCU couldn't stop it. You remember how many yards we had rushing? <laughs> or, I mean, it That's was... a great question. We, we had a lot. Yeah, there was a uh, lot. And... and it, it looks like this line is really coming together now, um, Joe. 
you we're 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 giving the credit to the to the quarterback run game and to the running backs, but these guys have some holes to run through as well, though. Yeah, credit to the offensive line, and they they did their job. That's for sure. I also liked how um, they alternated quarterbacks with uh, Will Howard. Didn't DJ Giddens play when Will Howard was under center, and Trace Don Ward played when Avery Johnson was under center. They kind of alternated them like that. I thought that was interesting. That not only that the, they alternate quarterbacks, but the running backs too. Well, I knew that they alternated quarterbacks, but that's a great observation, Joe. I didn't notice that they lined it up with the actual quarterback for those mm-hmm. particular series. Yeah. So Giddings went with Howard, and Tayshawn Ward went with uh, Avery Johnson yeah. each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. I didn't At know least if there's until any rhyme in the second half. Yeah. Right. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason for that, but that is a very, um, very profound stat, though, that, that they did that. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, um, just so you can put it in perspective, we had 343 rushing yards last week. I was going to say 400, but I thought I might be speaking out of turn because I couldn't remember exactly. But I had in my mind that it was around 400. Got 343. That's a lot of, on 52 carries, average 6.66. That's a lot of rushing yards. It sure is, and nothing to complain about at all, really. Very efficient. DCU couldn't stop them. And, when you know, when the running game's rushing for that many yards, you're going to win. I mean, that's the bottom line. No, it's a, it's a, hard, it's a very hard combination to stop when you're running that efficiently. What I was impressed with a little bit on the offense, and then I want to switch a little bit to the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Jace Brown looks like the true freshman. Him and Avery Johnson had a nice couple of connections on some deep balls. There was two phenomenal balls that Avery Johnson threw to Jace Brown uh, on some deep balls, and then he caught the touchdown pass from Will Howard. But Jace Brown, a true freshman, has moved into the starting lineup this week on the depth chart. What are your thoughts on him? I like his speed. He looks like he has some moxie to him. What I mean by that, he looks like he he belongs there, and he's right. a true freshman. Mm-hmm. But you can see that he must have been really working hard over the summer months and these first four to five weeks because he looks very, very comfortable out there in the receiver set. Yeah, he looks you know, comfortable and confident, and he was a leading receiver on the team. He does look a little smallish. <laughs> he, you know, he looks like a, a true, true freshman. freshman, so he does. You know, yeah. he's got some work in that department, but I was happy with it. I was almost like, who, who who's this kid, and where was he before? <laughs> so but I mean, you know he was he was learning the offense and getting in the groove and and that kind of thing so it was nice to see him and Avery are kind of buddies and have been practicing together and seem to have that uh cohesiveness working together yeah I mean the young man from Fort Walt Beach Florida is only 5'11 about 175 pounds is what he listed as 
So we know he's going to get bigger and stronger. But six catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown with a 20.7 average is pretty impressive for a true freshman, Joe. Yeah, it is. Hopefully you can keep that going, but yeah, it has earned it has earned him a starting position. Uh along with Jaden Jackson. Jaden Jackson has supplanted um Keegan as well. So mm-hmm. you're gonna go with uh Jace Brown, Jaden Jackson, and Phillip Brooks, the starting receivers. I think that's gonna give us a little bit more pop from the receivers standpoint. Jace Brown just got speed. He's yeah. got speed. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be a deep threat. But like you say, once his body starts developing and he gets more physical, he's going to be a tough kid to stop. And it's amazing that, was it two or three weeks ago, we talked on the podcast about how our receivers had problems, how they weren't getting yeah. open and weren't catching the balls. And now it's totally <laughs> turned around. We even talked about, well, are there any other receivers that we're going to see? And right. we, we have. <laughs> Lo and behold, it came to yeah. fruition. So, mm-hmm. I, and I think it's a combination of replacing the talent, um, but also the running game getting going at the time it's going. And I think everything coming together with the quarterback run game is opening up things as well. Yeah, that definitely helps. But but they simply are, right now, Jace Brown and Jaden Jackson is playing better than R.J. Garcia and Keegan Johnson. The good thing is I think it's going to bring some competition and it should make R.J. Garcia and Keegan Johnson get better as well to mm-hmm. have, to kind of help solidify our, our receiver room. Yeah. Which we thought was a deficiency. Looks right. like might not be a bad room as we think. I know. That looks like almost strength. Yeah, so... Also, um, defensively, before we kind of get to the big ball of the game, defensively, you know who's quietly having a fantastic season is Purnell, the Sam linebacker, mm-hmm. uh, number 32. Purnell is the Topeka, Kansas native, had an interception, had some, had a sack, played a very, very efficient game and has been playing very well all season. Yeah, he has. And I heard his name a lot on Saturday. So he was all over the place. Yeah, you can't you can't knock the defense at all in this one either. You know, giving up only three points. TCU still has some talent on that offense. And like you mentioned right at the beginning, you know, that quarterback group for almost 450 or something like that the previous week. So they've got some good receivers. they got a quarterback that gets slinging around and uh, giving up only three points to TCU. That's impressive. I mean, they held them on some fourth downs when they needed to and, yeah, really kind of shut them down. So No, it looks like um, the secondary is starting to kind of you know, Jacob Paris is back healthy. Willie did play. Um, yeah. But Kenan Garber has kind of found himself at the cornerback position as well. Um, the safeties with Payne and all those 
These guys seem to be kind of working more in cohesiveness. We still have a problem at the middle linebacker position, but it looks like Jake Clifton has been a stalwart filling in at all the linebacker positions. Mm-hmm. And he played a great game in the middle. And Moore is always a consistent at the wheel linebacker spot. So both of those guys, um, Pernell and William Moore, I mean, I'm sorry, Moore have been a steady rock steady. If we can get some consistency in the middle, this defense is starting to round into place at the right time. And the defense is always consistent under Chris Kleiman. They have their deficiencies from time to time, and but they always get stuff worked out, you know, and they always come back and play well. And that's, you know, especially in the secondary, um, even though they have injuries and stuff, the secondary always plays well. Linebackers always play well. So, you know, I – I'm not really worried about the defense going forward, even though there are some injuries and that, that has hurt us a little bit, but uh, going forward, I, I'm not really concerned about, like I said, they played excellent in the game Saturday and, you know, we'll see going forward, but I have a lot of confidence in that group. Well, I think the big thing, and I echo what you're saying, Joe, in that defensive group, if you look at the stat sheet, from last week, we are playing a lot of players on defense too. Mm-hmm. So I think Kansas State and Kleiman and Klanderman have done a great job of developing depth at the defensive level for us to be able to weather the storm on mm-hmm. some of these injuries we had with quality players. Well, yeah. in years past, when the first guy went down, the drop off was significant. Yeah. Now I don't think there's this bigger drop off from ones and twos as they were in the past, which is kudos to the coaching staff. Yep, excellent point. You know, losing someone like Daniel Green two years ago would have just killed the defense. (laughs) They wouldn't have been able to replace him. Uh, It would have been a huge drop-off, and it would have been noticeable. And now, you know, with the recruiting, picking up, getting a lot better, uh, they're coaching these guys up, and – yeah, there's not much of as much of a drop off from the starters to the second teamers as there used to be, and that's nice to see. No, no doubt. So my, I got a lot of potential people for my big ball of the game, um, from both quarterbacks playing well to Jace Brown have a fantastic game. You know, with his breakout game, both running backs, Giddings and. Um, Ward played well as well on offense. And then you got the defensive side. You got Desmond Purnell that played very well. Uh, you got Jacob Paris with, with a sack and some great defensive plays that played well. Austin Moore was continually be consistent. I, I think once I decided I'm going to go off the grid a little bit and do something a little bit different, I'm going to go with the entire defense and Klanerman to be my big ball of the game. I think he did a great game plan. Anytime you can hold a division um, power five opponent to only three points in the game is a huge kudos in this day and age of the way the offenses are. So big shout out to those guys, to Klanerman, who did a fantastic job on the scheme and the players collectively, defensively, 
uh, 22 plus of them that contributed and did an excellent job. So I'm going to go with the entire defense. All right. I'm good with that. All righty. Now we switch gears as we roll through the state of Texas. Uh, we're already through Texas Tech. We're already That's foreshadowing through to the rapid fire. Come on. Right. You didn't get I these questions know. beforehand, I did you? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so I promise our we... listeners that Reggie did not get the questions beforehand. <laughs> exactly. So – as we make our assault, and we'll we'll tailor that. We'll wait till that comes. We right. got Houston Cougars coming up from the great city of Houston. Uh, one of our newcomers to the league uh, had a very tough game last week against Texas. Was right on the verge of pulling off the upset. Played yeah. them toe to toe. Got off to a bad start, but finished with a vengeance and. It was right on the doorstep of uh, really doing something special against probably one of the best teams in the country in the Texas Longhorns, but Texas survives. But Houston, their game when they're at home, they don't play as well on the road, but they have a quarterback that has some great ability that can run and throw, and they got a few receivers that can make some plays, Joe. Yeah, they're going to pass the ball. Bottom line, they're not a good running team, but they move the ball through the air. And K-State's pass defense isn't ranked really high. You know, they're actually one of the worst pass defenses in the country if you look at the statistics. But, you know, yeah. they've had injuries and stuff like that, too. So um, so that could be an issue, slowing down that passing attack. I think Houston is going to put up some points. Uh, just because they're efficient moving the ball and scoring. So the good news for uh, K-State's side is the running game. We have one of the top running attacks in the country. In Houston, that's one of the worst rush defenses in the country. They can't stop the run at all. They so can't stop the run at all. That's, uh, you know, that's going to be huge for K-State. And I think that, you know, I hate to say <laughs> – K-State's going to run the ball at will, but they they should be able to run the ball successfully in this game. Well, I think it's going to be a function of we're going to run it till they actually show some ability to stop it. Yeah. Like you said, Houston has not stopped anybody against the run. I think they're giving up, uh, you probably know the exact number, 260-plus yards, rushing yards a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that neighborhood. And if we get to 260 Plus, again, rushing with the way our defense is playing just stingy enough, that's going to be a hard conversation, car, a hard combination for us to lose. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, yeah, their total defense is 111th in the country. And they're 90th in rush defense. So right. They, they give up 160 yards a game just in rushing yards. Yeah, 160. So, okay. Yeah. So and, they're uh, gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a hard sledding for Houston to stop us. Particularly, I think we're gonna have some elements, maybe a little bit of rain, which is gonna be conducive to to style the way K State would like to play, and which is gonna make it a little tougher for Houston to just throw it all around the yard. Mm-hmm. They're gonna try to run the ball a little bit to establish some things, 
But I think if we just contain that, do what we need to do on defense, we should be in good shape. But we can't give Houston any false hope. They show they get their game, and they got some playmakers. If you give them a little bit of light, they'll they, they'll fight out there. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, let's show that against Texas. And I was flipping back and forth between games the other day. When did Quinn Ewers get injured in that game? Do you know? I don't know when it was, but I think it was in the third quarter. Okay. Uh, I know he's definitely out this week uh, for sure. Uh, and I'm not quite sure if he's going to play when we play him in two weeks. But they yeah, did I was wondering play. if that kind of affected, you know, or let Houston hang around in that game even longer than they otherwise would have. That's a good point because they, they they went with the backup quarterback. What's um, not not Manning? No, the other yeah, crap. I can't remember his name. Now. Yeah, and we'll get it. Yeah, so depending on how he performed this week, we'll see if we're going to see him or or Manning in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so, so Houston did stay, stick with Texas. They could have won it there at the end. They had a chance to win it or at least tie it, but didn't get it done. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, 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 if they can play with Texas, they can, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But I no, do you feel know. really good about this game just looking at the uh, – the statistics and as long as you know k-state shows up and does their thing again you know i feel really good about the game no i think if we control the things we need to do not worried about what houston does but do what we need to do i think we're we're better and we're at home but hoverson does has that team you know scrappy plan you know they had the big upset kind of last minute win over uh, West Virginia, which right. gave them their first first conference win. Um, so we do have to play. But I think we have to come out like we did against TCU. Hit them in the mouth early. Yeah. Get control mm -hmm. of the game. And then when they become way predictable, half the path, we can, you know, make it very uncomfortable for them. They become so one-dimensional that the game will get out of hand. Yeah, something I found interesting, too, is I – look at common opponents and it's not this is never an exact science because matchups are different between teams mm -hmm. and stuff like that but this one is glaring it's tc we both both houston and k-state have played tcu and texas tech tcu beat houston 36 to 13 and texas tech beat houston 49 to 28 so mm -hmm. i mean both those teams flew out Houston, and uh, and K State flew out both TCU and Texas Tech. They beat TCU forty-one to three and Texas Tech thirty-eight to twenty-one. So, I don't think this game should be close. It shouldn't be close. The line is seventeen and a half, which is a big line for K State at home. Um, the weather may play a little bit of effect to that. But I, I, I think if you're if you're willing to be in the state of Kansas, if you're there and you download the the apps, we need to get those guys a sponsor. We won't keep saying their name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, then I think it's probably worth putting a couple dollars down to uh, on that seventeen or seventeen and a half. I feel a yeah. little comfortable with that number. Yep.
Definitely. I feel comfortable with it. <laughs> so we ready? What you got? Uh, rapid fire going into the Houston game. All right. Let's go. Rapid fire. All right. So Dana Olgerson said, K-State has the best coaching staff in the country. Do you agree or disagree? Well, that is a great rapid fire question there, Joe. Uh, arguably, I think they probably have the best coaching staff in the Big 12. Um, going to the country, that that will probably be a little bit more debatable. And what I'm basing that on is I think K-State coaches – do better with less. I think mm -hmm. they don't have the talent as a lot of the other teams that are out there, but their coaches get more out of it, of the talent that we got. To get up there and say the best in the country, I think we need to make a CFP or be in contention for the national championship. Then we can say that. But I, I definitely agree. agree with the best in the conference. I think it's a little bit of coach speak. Coaches do that all the time when they think they might get blown out in a game. No, no question. <laughs> all right. Well, we got touched on this one. Will K-State cover the 17 and a half point spread? Absolutely. Uh, I, I would, I would work. I would put a couple of dollars on it. I think K-State will. Uh, I think if we just control what we need to do methodically, play clean football game without the turnovers, play solid enough defense, uh, continue to stay consistent in the kicking game. I think all the elements, would it be in a home game, it being homecoming, with us on a little bit of a roll, I even even with the inclement weather, I think we'll actually even rally behind that. I think K-State likes the rain, likes the sloppiness. So I think we'll get it done. I think we'll get it done comfortably. All right. Should K-State be ranked in the top 25? You know what? I thought about this long and hard the other day, uh, Joe. You and me both. <laughs> selfishly, I think we should because if we're looking to see what Missouri doing right now. At first, yeah. that looked like a bad loss. That looks That's a good loss right now. Missouri yeah. is 7-1 and one with coming up, getting ready to play the number one team in the country a week from now with the opportunity to be able to win their division in the SEC. So that loss on a last-second field goal by a 300-plus-count kicker doesn't seem too bad right now. Uh, and then also Oklahoma State, which was another very bad loss at the time. We've seen what they've done since they beat us as well. Oklahoma State is in contention for a Big 12 championship run with what they have done their season has completely turned around so with that said with those two losses and the quality wins that we're doing and the way we're winning the last couple of weeks i think we deserve to be in the low, low 20s all right i agree with you there so will k-state beat texas state champions this season they beat <laughs> all the texas teams on their schedule well, we, we're, we're making the onslaught. I think we'll go 3-0. and We'll get this job done against Houston. And then the monumental game going into Austin. I, I was not bullish about this three weeks ago, and I wasn't at the beginning of the season. I always thought this would be a loss for K-State. 
But now with the question marks at quarterback for University of Texas, with the way we're playing, you know, with this kind of edge on our shoulder, this two quarterback system, and Kyle and climbing, not beating Texas in his career yet, I think that's going to be a special, special game. We got to take care of business first against Houston. But I think once he flips the calendar and gets to Texas, there's going to be some added motivation for him personally incentivized to beat Texas. And I think we can get it done. All right, a basketball question. Yep. So, blue chip, top 20 ranked five-star center, Patrick, and I'll butcher his last name, Nagamba, <laughs> will Nagamba, be visiting yeah. Manhattan this weekend. And my question for you is, do you think he'll commit to K-State? Because it's I hear it's between K-State and Duke right now. Duke, yep, yep. I think it's I think all the indication is it's between K State and Duke. I think he picked Kansas State um to be his last visit for a reason. Now I don't always go that way. The last one gets the you know, gets the apple, so to speak. But I do think they have recruited this guy like a monster. I'm yeah, not saying they have. <laughs> I'm not saying what if Duke has done and some of the other things. I think Duke gets the benefit of the factor because a lot of time they're Duke uh, and they kind of get the pedigree in the past. But I think Coach Tang has put his heart and soul into getting this guy and the whole staff across the board. Uh, I think we'll probably see him at the football game. He'll have the red carpet put into play for this weekend in Manhattan. So if anybody out there sees him, Give them some good juju. But yeah. I think K-State will get him. I don't think he'll commit right after the visit, but I think he has a day set up, and he's already narrowed it to K-State, Kentucky, and Duke. I think we'll get him. Yeah, I think he's set to announce next weekend. So. Right. And did I pronounce his last name right? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's All right. right. Um. Well, I guess I got for the score. What did I have? Forty-five to twenty-four this weekend. Forty-five to twenty-four. It's a good number. K-State. I think K State. I think K State continue to roll in the twenties. I mean, in the forties, they're averaging not quite forty points a game, but uh, thirty-six and some change. And so, uh, I think they'll win. Uh, I'm going forty-two seventeen. Kansas State, I think we'll get it done. I think Houston will make a little bit of noise, but I just think collectively our running game and the line is going to be too much. We're going to ball control. We're going to minimize the number of possessions that Houston actually has the ball, and then I think that's going to get us to victory and get it comfortably. All right. Well, we're close on that, so I think they'll get it done. You wrapped it up perfectly. I don't think um, Houston could stop the running game. You know, I think Avery Johnson might go for two hundred yards. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that did the one thing that did surprise me last week, uh, I had in one of my little parlays is Avery Johnson didn't score a touchdown last week. No, yeah, yeah, that was he weird. Not. I had the DJ Giddens parlay. Um, DraftKings. He had to get seventy yards. 
Which he did, and, right? And he, yeah. And any time, he, yeah, it was late in the third quarter, I think, when he finally got it. I was sweating it a little bit. But, and any time touchdown, K State had to score 33 and cover the spread. I think that was all of them. So, so you got them all. I got that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Anytime you can hit a parlay, I don't care if you got $5 on them. They're always good. Yeah. Because they pay pretty good. Yeah, that yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. It was five well, to one. So well, the Wildcats should be in good shape. Let's hopefully the weather is not too inclement. And then uh let's go ahead and get this one in a bowl so we could get ready for the game of the year um yeah. down in Austin. But we gotta take care of business first yep. against Houston before it can become the game of the year. Exactly. Let's not look ahead yet. <laughs> yeah, so, we can't look ahead yet. So I'm kind of glad. Podcast it's... next week talking about the Texas game. You're right about that. I think we may. Uh, I'm I'm working on a. I'm not gonna let the cat out the bag yet, but I think I got a good Texas alumni to jump in on the podcast for us, and he's pretty well we now. All right. So we'll tease the audience with that. All right. So looking forward to that. <laughs> All righty. Well, Joe, look forward to um, seeing you this Saturday. Yep. Be careful, dress warm, and uh, go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Thanks, Reggie. Thank you. Take care. Talk to you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.